Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have John Bianchi, who is the Airbnb data guy. John, how you doing? Good, yourself? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for asking. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Cool. So uh, I'm actually going to start off with what I like to do for fun, because I think that's more fun. I love going hiking. Like literally, if there's a mountain nearby, if there's a hill nearby and I'm going on vacation, I'm going to climb that thing. I'm going to get to the top and I'm going to enjoy the struggle all the way up. That's, I don't know what it is about it, but like hiking is just my thing. Um, and I think it's because I also live in a super flat place. So there's no mountains, no hills, nothing here. So when I get that opportunity, I always try and seize it. Um, anyway, so that's what I like to do when I get the chance to. But uh, I am the Airbnb data guy. It's kind of a nickname that's sort of stuck. Uh, and I'm head of data for a short-term rental investment fund. It's called Superhost Labs. We've raised 16 million in the past 10 months, bought 45 properties across nine different markets. And uh, I absolutely love it. It's my job to uh, dissect every single market, dissect every single property, ensure that they're actually going to be good cash flowing properties, right? So that's what I'm doing nine to five. And then in the evenings, I have an Airbnb data consulting business where I help individuals try and pick out the most profitable locations across their entire market. Um, And I'm currently also building a software that should be able to scale significantly larger than the consulting business, which will be able to do the same thing and help way more people. Um, And that's sort of like my my day-to-day of of what I'm doing. I used to have an Airbnb business. I used to have a finance business, but um, this is where I'm at right now. And uh, I love it, to be honest. It's a lot of fun. So yeah, that's me. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you love to hike. You're the head of data for Superhost Labs. Yeah. And you have an Airbnb data consulting business where you help people pick the best spots to invest in their area. Yeah. I developed these reports. Um, I have like my own software that allows me to create these reports that helps people understand how to um, identify the most profitable locations within any market in, in the world. Uh, and I also have two free courses on YouTube that help people understand that data even further and understand my process that I'm using on a day-to-day basis. I gotcha. I gotcha. And so do you invest in short-term rentals, like on a personal end? I know your Superhost Labs does it a lot, but do you do it yeah. kind of- I'm saving up, saving up right now. So my, like I had 15 in Chicago at one point and they're all like rental arbitrage and management contracts, but now I really want to own the properties. And so I'm saving like every penny and I want to build up my business again. So over the next 10, 20 years, I plan on buying as many properties as I can, doing joint venture deals, doing whatever it takes to kind of just keep building up that portfolio. That's the goal. I got you. And so how do you decide which markets are the best? I know you said you kind of have this report that you create, but like, what are the criteria? There's a lot, right? So there's kind of, there's like, there's a lot of little factors that make you decide which one you want to go for. Right. So I'll try and explain it as quick as I can. But the first one, first thing you have to consider is like, what kind of Airbnb are you going to do, right? Are you going to do rental arbitrage where you rent out somebody else's home and then you turn it into an Airbnb? Are you going to do management where you take care of other people's Airbnbs or are you going to go and actually buy the properties yourself, right? So if we're considering that first one, rental arbitrage, 
you got to be in a metro area where there's actually a lot of properties for rent. If there's not a lot of properties for rent and you're in like a vacation town, you're not going to really be able to scale, right? So you got to be in a metropolitan. Then if you're going to be doing management where there's a lot of Airbnbs where people have just bought a second home is in those vacation rental markets, right? So you kind of want to be close to something like that. And then the third one is if you're actually going to be purchasing, you kind of need a hybrid of the two. You want a place where um, it's uh, people will vacation there, but it's kind of also a metro. Uh, and the reason being is because that's where you're going to get real estate that's not priced as a vacation rental, right? So if you think about it, if you go to like, I don't know, name any vacation spot ever, Myrtle Beach, all of the places there that are along the water, they're not priced like regular real estate, right? They're priced as a vacation rental. And so it's already kind of baked in there. But if you were to go to, let's say like uh, Louis, uh, Louisville, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, that's an up and coming city. It's kind of cool. There's a lot of like uh, ch uh, change that's happening there. Uh, it's kind of becoming like an Austin or a Nashville. And there's a lot of demand that's showing up on the short-term rental side of things. And so if you bought a property there, you're going to get appreciation and you're going to have the travel demand. And so it's going to allow for your Airbnb to actually uh, cash flow, and you're going to hit the equity. So that's my quick take. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So do you just Google, Hey, what are the hottest markets or how did you find Louisville out of? Yeah. It, you know, what's funny is like, there's so many different ways of coming about it. Uh, like half the time it's people saying like, Oh, I'm thinking about investing here. Or like, or I'm investing here and it's going really well. And I'm like, where are you investing? And they tell me where they're going, like Henderson outside of LA. And I'm like, really? Eh? And I go and look, then I go and look into it and I'm like, Oh, there's actually a lot of money being made here. Right. And it's, so there's so like word of mouth is a huge part of it. Um, another part of it is air, air DNA, uh, which is a software that out there. It has, it comes out with articles every single like quarter or year. I can't remember which one it is. I think it's every year of like all the best markets to be in. Um, there's ways of using the software air DNA, right? So just anyone who doesn't know air DNA is a software out there that has all of the data on every single Airbnb in the world, records calendars on a day-to-day -day basis, and then takes all that data and puts it into these dashboards that allow you to um, see how well Airbnbs are doing in any market across the world, right? And so you can type in like Park City, Utah, and it's going to give you a couple of metrics that'll tell you if it's a good city or a bad city, right? If there's a lot of money being made there or not. And so I kind of like, like personally, I like to look into markets where I actually like, you know what I mean? That the spots that I would enjoy to go to myself because I know I'm going to have to spend time there putting up the listing or, um, you know, just speaking with the people there, like I'm going to be putting my time there. So if I had to choose between Scottsdale, Arizona or Columbus, Ohio, I'm choosing Scottsdale every single time. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So that's kind of like, that's, that's a part of it too. Especially if you're only getting like one or two, get in a place where you want to be. It's as simple as that. Right. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. Tell us a bit more about your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I've got <laughs> like, that's such a good question. <laughs> and I haven't been asked that in a long time. So I'll, the reason why I'm laughing is because I used to be so philosophical and I read all these different books and I learned all these different like motivations and purpose in life. And then I uh, stopped taking Vyvanse every single day. And that sort of just like stopped working my brain. I could be real honest with you. I used to take it every day and it was like, I, you know, I've got ADD and I was just like, I was using it. It was helping me focus. And when you do it, you get so intense and all into these things. And so I was so hyper-focused on what my purpose in, in life was and like hitting these life goals and doing all these things. And then two things happened. So one, I stopped taking Vyvanse, but then two, I actually sold my Airbnb business and had time freedom and money. And uh, I went and did the one thing that I was dying to do since I was in my teens, which was go and travel the world, go wherever I want, whenever I wanted with no time constraints, 
and didn't have to worry about anything. And it took me about two months before I was like, this sucks. <laughs> and I was like, this is so boring. I'm like, I can't do this forever. I need something. I need more in life. And uh, I kind of realized that, you know, life, you, you, you can get to the point of like, of financial freedom. Um, but then it kind of gets boring and you've got to really fill your days. You got to fill your week. You know what I mean? You got like, you're used to spending like 40 to 80 hours every single week doing something. And all of a sudden you're doing nothing and you just feel useless. And it's like, well, I actually get a lot of my joy from not sitting on a beach, but diving through Airbnb data and being really good at it, talking with people like you and making great decisions. So like, I just realized that at the moment. And so when you're asking, the reason I'm explaining all this and my motivation for getting up is that I have perspective. I have the perspective of somebody in, in that position and what it's like to get to that sort of end result, realizing that the end result is not actually what matters and that the day-to-day -day grind is where a lot of the happiness comes from. And so if you're doing the right thing in the right position and doing something you're really good at, you, it makes you happy. So it's easy to get up and, and grind away. And that's my motivation, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So just really getting up and getting in the grind is something you love. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's just fun. Like it's, I don't know. I can do it all day. Like mind you, I, I've got a sweet schedule right now where Monday to Thursday, I'm like 12 to 14 hours Friday. I'm going to solid eight hours. And then the whole weekend I spend with my girlfriend and I just don't do anything else. And it's just like, and then I reboot and I reboot and I do it again and do it again. And it's just like, it's a great way of uh, a great balance. I'd say. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool, yeah. man. There, there we go. <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, I think that's so interesting because so many of us, including myself, are really looking towards that financial freedom point. But um, it's just like you get there and it's like, well, what are you going to do with your time now? You need to get find it. something you're passionate about. Man, don't let what I said stop you from getting there. Oh, no. Right? I mean <laughs> <laughs> Definitely get there. <laughs> Experience it for yourself. You know what I mean? I was talking with the guy yesterday and he's like, he said that he got there when he was 28. And, uh, he, he spent two weeks at an all-inclusive resort. He was used to spending one week. He said the second, the second week felt like groundhog day to him. He absolutely hated it. And he was like, I'm done. So it only took him two weeks. It took two months for me. It might take you two years, but like get that perspective. And it just kind of changes the way you view life in general. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know who Alex Hormozzi is? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got his book right, right there. <laughs> Such a great book. Such a great YouTube channel. He's just a great guy. Um, yeah. He talks about the fact that he tries to like live like the rich for a year because he'll work like 14 hour days, like six days a week. And he says, I just love it. Yeah. And it's just like he tried to live like the rich. And he was like, I spent like three million dollars in like a couple months or something like that. And I hated it. I hated all the yeah. stuff I had. It was just horrible. Um, yeah, so it's a weird it's a weird thing. Like you, you I mean, I haven't made millions. Right. Um, I've made like a decent amount, but not millions. And uh, I it's not like the money is the motivation. The, mo the money is just sort of like a bonus for doing something that you're good at. Right. And, and it's, and it's almost like you're, you're playing a game and you're just enjoying the game. And like the money is just like a side part of the game, but it's not, it, once you get to a certain number, it doesn't really change much any, any other way. I don't really know how to explain it. It's, it's more so just fun to just like, it's like winning a game. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. if you won a football game, you're like, nice, I won a football game, right? Like you feel great. It's the same idea when you make money, you're like, nice, I won the football game. I, w I made money. It's the same idea. No, just, yeah. I feel yeah. that. A little dopamine yeah. hit. Yeah, right. Why not? It's great. It's great dopamine hit. Awesome. Well, now we're going to jump into your dreams and goals. So cool. tell us about your vision for your life, your company. What's um, going on going forward? Yeah. So once again, this is one of those things where I used to, 
I have like, I'm doing, you know, this is my purpose. This is my vision for my company. This is where we're going. And then like, it just didn't happen. It kind of like demotivates you. And so, you know, I have these, I have a software that I'm building up right now. I have a consulting company and I'm, I'm head of data for this investment fund. And uh, I think one thing that I'm not putting so much pressure on myself right now is trying to be, try to hit these like insane goals. I just kind of want to keep developing it over the years and keep grinding away with everything that I'm doing and consistently stay at it, right? And, and day after day, kind of keep building it, keep building it, keep building it and kind of letting it build into what it can potentially become. I'm not saying that I'm not doing things, move things forward, right? I'm just uh, not saying this is how it has to be. This is the end goal it has to get to. And then when I don't hit that end goal, I'm like, well, shit, you know, I'm a failure, but really I made it like halfway up the mountain or, you know, all the way up the mountain and I feel like failure. Anyways, I'm, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but my, my, my goals are, are to build a software that allows for people to um, find extremely profitable Airbnbs in any place that they are really quickly and really thoroughly, right? The goal is for people to not buy an unprofitable Airbnb or to never sign a lease that would be an unprofitable Airbnb because so many people do it and a lot of the softwares out there are not helping people. And a lot of people are losing money getting into this Airbnb game and, they, and no one's talking about it, but I've lost over hundred thousand dollars just by picking out the wrong homes. And I'm supposed to be the expert. Right. And like, this is when I was coming up, I was, I, I made these mistakes, but I, I feel like I know really, really well what I'm doing now. And I know I can still make mistakes. So I know people who are just getting into it are losing money left and right. And so it's kind of my goal to be able to give people a tool and the knowledge to be able to never make that mistake. Right. And so how I do that is, is, is through a software. I don't know exactly what's going to develop, how it's going to look, how big it's going to grow. But if I can just help people do that, that's, that's going to be great. And that's, you know, on a business side, that's kind of my mission and goals when it comes to those things. Okay. Okay. So build the software and will you keep the consulting company up to kind of complement the software or as the software grows, do you think you'll kind of close that down? Uh, I think the software will become more of a, instead of a one-on-one, -on -one, a one-to-many, right? So I'll do more conferences. I'll do more YouTube videos. I'll do more podcasts. I'll do more of those sort of things to try and get my, my message out there. Right. But when it comes to like individual one-on-one, -on -one, I, you know, I'll probably have like, I have two free courses on YouTube. I'm not really in the business of selling courses. So I'll probably just put more courses onto, onto YouTube and just give the knowledge that way. Um, but I don't know hundred percent once again, cause I don't have the game plan. I'm just kind of going with it. <laughs> Love to hear it, man. Love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take the next step towards these dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they help you out? First one that's coming to my mind is Alex Ramosi, just because you recently mentioned him. And like, truthfully, if I could have Alex Ramosi in my back pocket with the software launch, like that would be kind of gold. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, he'd be, if he could market my tools and market my packet, whatever it is, right? Like that would be, that would be pretty amazing. Um, that you know what i just got it like it's I'm, I'm going with whatever's coming to top of mind first and uh Minot, i can't say his name Minaj. i don't know how to say his last name he's the guy who created five hour energy i'm not sure if you know who he is but um the guy who created five hour energy drink he kind of became a billionaire very quickly because the drinks sold so quick and then he pledged about 99 percent of his uh money to building businesses uh that are impacting third world countries and kind of skipping a leg, skipping like a, a, a generation 
uh, for technology and trying to figure out innovative ways to bring the simple things in life like electricity, clean water, and um, healthcare to countries that don't have it. And so he's sort of like pledged all of his money to be able to do that over his lifetime, but not in a nonprofit. It's done in a uh, a flat rate profit. So he's still going to charge for things, but he's not making a profit above those things, above the amount that he needs to be able to continue to do it forever, which I love because I'm a capitalist. And I think that at the same time, I'm a capitalist, but there's kind of like a need for these sort of things. So he's kind of found like a nice blend of the two. And uh, I, I think it's a cool combination. And it, it's just... It's called Billions and Change, his company. And uh, I've always been super inspired by it. I always thought it was a really cool thing. And that was the first thing that came to my mind when you mentioned it. And I've tried to reach out to him so many times. He lives like, he lives in Michigan about an hour away. That's where his innovation center is. And I just like, I want to go see him so bad. Dude, just go up <laughs> there. I don't know. I don't know where he lives there. I just know that it's there. You know door, I mean? door knock so, it. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I love yeah. that you mentioned that because I had no idea who he was. I had no idea that was his mission. And this thing behind me left with love connected by choice is like um, kind of my life vision. And I really like the idea of taking capitalism and helping people um, that like couldn't otherwise be helped, but finding like a sustainable way to do it. Like I feel yeah. like nonprofits sink money a lot of times and then it doesn't spit anything back out. But when you can find a way to spit something back out and get a system going, I think exactly. that's exactly so, like that. I mean, not going to bash nonprofits, but you know, if you're, if you're in a business, you're selling something, you're making money back and you're self-sustaining. If you're a nonprofit, you're constantly just asking people for money. And like, sometimes it runs out and it just, it's not, it's not, you can't do it for a hundred years. Maybe you can, but like not everybody can. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. That, that's my take on that. No, yeah. yeah. I, I was, um, I was thinking it was going to be a nonprofit for the longest time. And then I really started, I, le- I learned about business and I was like, well, you could just do the stuff you do at a nonprofit just in a profitable way. Just figure out something and yeah. it'll be sustainable so it's, i mean it's, it's not a bad thing to make a profit if it's doing a good thing yeah right like there, there's nothing wrong with that in the world right exactly. you're putting food in people's bellies or you're you're giving people light or you're giving people like a better way of life why why are they no one's gonna be i'm not i'm never mad if i have to give somebody a profit to give me some sort of benefit in my life i have lights in my house you know what i mean like thank yep. you edison have my money you know what i mean <laughs> absolutely like, i'm okay with that but yeah. anyway yeah well, cool, man. I'm gonna have to go look that up, read some more about it. So I appreciate you pointing that out. There's uh, two YouTube videos that you can watch that just type in billions and change. And they've got these like quick videos. They're super inspirational. I like, I love, love watching them. Yeah. It just talks about what they're doing and what they've done. And it's kind of like stage one and then stage two, and they haven't released uh, a stage three in a while, but uh, I know they're working on stuff. So take a look. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Well, name the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you take the next step towards your dreams and goals. So you meet Sally at the grocery store and Sally's like, John, how can I help you out? What would you tell her? Say that again. Yeah. You meet Sally at the grocery store and Sally's like, John, I want to help you take the next step in your life. How can I do it? Just a common person, (laughs) everyday person. Common person. That's such an interesting question. Um, uh, There's a guy named... Um, I'm so bad with names when I need to remember them, but, uh, Brian Johnson, he's got this course called optimize and he essentially takes all this knowledge and kind of brings it all together. And, uh, he teaches, teaches both people, about like how to optimize your life essentially, but it's so strategic and so smart and it's so based in science and, uh, it's, it's amazing. 
But the reason I'm bringing that up is because it's based in science. And there's one thing that is proven where if you have a random conversation with somebody that you didn't know, if you just like bump into somebody on the street and you have a conversation with them, your dopamine levels like go through the roof. If you just have, if you just talk to a random person about anything, you, there's something in the human body that gets connected with it. And it just like sets you off for, for the day and you feel so much better. And it just does a little bit to you. So like random person in, in the grocery store, if they just came up to me and just like, we're both picking out meats and they just asked me a question about the meat that they're picking out. We just had a quick conversation that would give me the dopamine receptors to be a little bit happier, give me a little bit more energy. And I would just kind of float through the rest of the day because I had that nice little interaction with Sally at the grocery store. And if I have that kind of energy, I can put that energy to use to the stuff that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. And that's just going to help me excel everything I'm doing. Yeah. So yeah, that's my answer there. Absolutely. Dude. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love hosting this podcast. Learn something. I've learned two very important things today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that I wouldn't have otherwise. Well, cool. awesome. Now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And our first question is, what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Book, and it's uh, Ayn Rand um, by, sorry, Ayn Rand's the author, and it's uh, uh, so bad with names. <laughs> Atlas Shrugged. So Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand, read it once, came to tears at the end. It's not a book that's supposed to bring you to tears. <laughs> and then I just thought it was over. And then uh, I've listened to it like four times. <laughs> Is this like a fiction book, nonfiction book? It's a fiction book. It's a, it's a fiction book about capitalism. And it's, it, it's, uh, it's about, it's the viewpoint of capitalists and how they view the world and how they see what they're doing to other people and how it's it's hard to explain. So it is literally based from like the 1920s and Ayn Rand was a huge capitalist. And it's a story of of somebody who's a capitalist and then the people who work in the government who are not capitalists. And it's sort of their story between the two and how they all interconnect um, and how essentially these people in the government try to take over control of the, the businesses and the way that they're going wrong. But it's, a, but it's told from the vantage point of the CEOs and, uh, and, and also the people in the government and both of their stories and kind of how that all collides and just, it's a philosophy book. So it's a really, really deep philosophy book. And if you read it, it's hard to object it. It's hard to, it's hard to like look at things not that way moving forward. Because you can see how these things can kind of spiral out of control, like they have in all of the communist countries that were once capitalists, right? And like, it's, 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 uh, it's pretty incredible to, to, to read. Um, once again, it's a philosophy book. There's like, there's a section in it where it's like an out on, an, on the audio book. It's like an hour of a speech of, of uh, philosophy. Anyways, that's my favorite book. I, I think it's amazing. Um, any billionaire, you know, it's also one of their favorite books. Um, that's how I kind of got brought into it. I'm not sure if you're a capitalist. I'm obviously a capitalist. I don't care. <laughs> I know it's not the cool thing to be nowadays, but like, I don't, I really don't care. I feel um, like it is the cool thing to be. Is it really not? I guess. I don't know. I, I think it's more hate than anything else, but I really, it, it is what it is. Right. So yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. no shame there. It's weird to me that people hate it so much when I'm like, we're, we're really benefiting from it a lot. So much, so much, like benefiting <laughs> so much. It's not even funny. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm Canadian, right? 
not yeah. to get into this, but uh, Canada is pretty well a socialist country and people don't realize that, but Canada is a socialist country. If I had the opportunity right now to go to America, you don't understand how much more opportunity there is in America than there is in Canada. I work technically for an American company. 99% of my clients are Americans. The amount of opportunity that exists in that country that you can actually make a living is insane, right? And I was talking about this with a, because I, I did live in Chicago for a little bit and had like built up a business. And I talked with this other guy who was also a foreigner to America. And uh, he was explaining, we were both kind of talking about how we think that Americans don't realize because you don't have the perspective of living in another country and how little opportunity there is in these other places to actually do something big. And so when we come into your country, we go, holy shit. Yeah. And we go, this is like so easy. And we just see like, you get every, there's so many people and there's so much things you can do. And there's, and so everyone's open to it and the systems allow for it. And like, and we just take, we just start building businesses because like, we're like, we can't do this where we're from. There's just, we just don't have that opportunity. And so I think the perspective of a foreigner is so different than somebody who's just like been in it. Um, I don't know why I started explaining that, but essentially in Canada, we don't have that. And we're kind of a socialist country. And so like Americans, you, you're all, you're all, you, you're built off the capitalist system and it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's not even funny. Like, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I've heard about in other countries how it's just not not as easy to like build a business or even the creative ways we could like buy real estate here and all that stuff. Dude, it's so much better. It's it's so much better. Go live go live in Denmark for a year with their their amazing healthcare and their amazing amazing schools and then try and have opportunity there and you tell me what it's like and then come back to America and watch what happens. <laughs> like you'll you'll blow up. <laughs> Gotcha. maybe i need yeah. to walk around with a bit more gratitude <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well awesome man what is one way you like to take care of yourself um sleep so yeah there's a book on sleep i'm not sure if you've ever read it read it if you haven't if you want to get like the the best thing that you could ever do is read this book on sleep i don't know what it's called um but it it talks about all of the uh science behind sleep and literally how i'm so beneficial it is to your mental health, uh, your day-to-day -day work, uh, your ability to get shit done. Because like, you can think about it. If you have, if you just like only slept like four hours, you're barely doing anything. If you only slept six hours. Like you're still having a tough day. You're not really getting as much done. It's hard for your brain to go as deep. You get those full eight hours every single day. If you get eight hours consistently, you're crushing it day in, day out. It doesn't matter. Like there's, there's a routine that I have before I go to bed to allow myself to actually you know, shut everything off so I can fall right asleep. And I actually get a true deep sleep. My brain's turned off and it actually goes through all the different rhythms or uh, not rhythms, whatever cycles. they're called. Yeah. Cycles. And then, you know, I, I wake up, feel refreshed and I can crush the day, crush the next day. And it's just like, it's, it's a, a day is so much easier when you've had eight hours of sleep. Is it so, called why we sleep? Well, I believe so. It, it's literally like the only book on sleep. So yeah, I just, yeah, like, I think, this one that popped up yeah so that's like probably that's probably it it's on my phone and i don't have it by me so yeah audiobook it it's an audiobook type of book i'm not sure if you're an audio listener but yeah. i'd recommend it because it's it's a lot of like science behind it but so it can kind of get a little boring but if you're just listening to it it's easier to get through there's some yeah. books that you should just listen to and some you can read you know i got you i got you yeah yeah awesome well what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take to work with Alex Hormozzi or the guy from Billions and Change. I know you've reached out to him a lot, but. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, to get to Alex Ramosi, I would have to prove myself. So I'm not sure if you've read his book all the way through or, or I'm not sure how much you know, but he will take on companies if they've proven themselves, right? Um, they, if you've proven, if you use his systems and prove out his systems and actually make them work, eventually he'll take you on and sort of 10X you because of his ability and his, his knowledge and his capital and everything. So, you know, if I were to try and get to Alex Ramosi, that would probably be the goal is to, to truly take what I have and what I'm trying to create and what I might create, because I really don't know what's going to happen, right? And and uh, get it to a point where I'm using his systems, build it out, be successful, reach out to him, and partner with him to move forward on things. That would be the way to Alex Ramosi. And then once I make all that money and all that profit, then I'm going to go hang out with uh, Minaj, however you say his last name, and we're gonna, we're gonna uh, then I'll be able to have that money to just be able to be like, hey, talk to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'll buy his time. <laughs> Absolutely, I love it. So, yeah. Well, now we're going to jump into our final series of questions. And these require a bit of pretext. I didn't send them beforehand. Uh, so you can say, I don't know, all that's totally fine. Um, but stick with me as I read them, okay? Cool. So a lot of people have come on the podcast and they said that the catalyst that helps people change from having a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help and not willing to accept change to having a growth mindset, being willing to accept help and being willing to accept change the catalyst is a personal choice that happens after either extreme inspiration or desperation. Do you agree, disagree, have anything to add or subtract? Fully agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, mine was desperation for me personally. So there was a, you know, a bad breakup that I went through for a period of time. And when you get into that sort of situation and that sort of like mindset where it's just kind of like tough, you become desperate to figure out how to get out. Right. And so you literally start searching anything to get out of your brain, to be able to like get back to normal. And I think that's where you start being open to what else, what are the, what other possibilities there may be, you know, what trying to understand what's going on. And this is where you start getting connected with like the people that exist that are literally alive to help people in those situations, such as like a Tony Robbins type human being. Right. And so, um, yeah, I, I fully agree. I, I went through it myself and like, I think it's, you know, one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me was the getting to the point where I was so desperate to get out of that, that I did find all these things and turned into the person I am today. I love it. Yeah. Given the same amount of desperation and inspiration, why do you think some people make the choice to change and others don't? That's a good question. Let me think on that for a second. Yeah, for sure. Take your time. Take your time. Yeah, like there's a, there's a lot of factors, right? Um, factors being how they were brought up, what were they taught as a child, how they react to certain situations, what their sort of like internal talk is. Uh, you know, if they enjoy to read, if they don't enjoy to read, if they have the resources to actually talk to somebody, if they have good people around them, right? All these kind of factors are going to make a difference on to as to like what they end up ultimately doing. Um, I think, I think it, you know, sometimes it's like, you don't know until you know, right. And, and, you know, for myself personally, I was, it got bad, right. Like I was in a, a tough situation and it wasn't like the next, the first day it was bad. The second day I figured it out. Right. It was more like it was bad and it was bad for days and it was bad for months. And I think it was bad for like a couple of years at that point. 
And then it was like, then I started searching, right? So, you know, people who are in those situations, they may have just not gotten to the point yet, right? Or maybe they just haven't clicked on the right YouTube video yet that makes them like a light bulb go off in their head, right? Or whatever it may be, they may, they may, it may not be because they don't want to, they may just not be there yet. Right. So I think that's, I don't know, that's, that's what's coming to my brain. So that's what I'm going to final answer. <laughs> there we go. I love it. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Some people need a smaller amount of desperation or inspiration to change and others need a larger, more consistent amount. What do you think establishes that threshold and can it be influenced? The first question, you know, what establishes that threshold? I definitely comes back to the same thing I said at, for the last question, all the different factors, right? People are so complicated. It's not even funny, right? There's so many different variances and nuances to all of us. And like, we can't even begin to understand somebody who's been through an absolutely terrible, terrible childhood or has had to learn how to fend for themselves and or living on the streets at a young age. Like we don't have no, no understanding, right? So, you know, I think tough environments create tough people. And um, if you're a tough person and you're stuck in desperation, you're going to keep fighting, right? If, if you were in a weak situation, you know what I mean? If you kind of had everything given to you when you were a child and it was light and breezy, and then all of a sudden you get into a tough situation, you're probably going to break a little bit quicker, right? Um, I think mindset comes down to a lot of that. And, you know, how we were brought up in our, in our childhood, it probably plays a huge factor into all of that as well. I think that, yeah, I think that would make the most sense to me. From my perspective, I'm not the expert, but that's my guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, man, that's a, that's a perfect answer. And do you think that threshold can be influenced? So, somebody who's right. they really soft, you know, they they break a little easier, but as they go, maybe they get inspired quicker, or they get um, they take action faster from desperation or inspiration. So, in this scenario, which you're you you're hoping for people to take in uh, to take action, right? So, you want you're you're kind of saying like, how that's do I? Selfish. Design. Yeah. How do you get people to take action faster is what you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's why, like, I, personally, I don't know other than when you hear somebody who sounds a little desperate or says something a little off, right, where you know they might be in a, a bad situation mentally, you confront them in a, in a loving sort of way. Right. And, and, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, if there's a way to take some, for someone to take action faster, and if it's me trying to do it, if I ever catch, and I do, I do do this. This is why I'm, I'm saying it. When I catch people who I can tell there's something wrong, right. And not wrong. Like they're having a bad day, like wrong. Like there's something they're not doing well mentally. I will try and talk to them. I'll try and see, you know, I'll, and I'll ask them the hard question. Like, how is things going? Right. You know what I mean? Like, tell me what's going on. I can tell something's going on. Right. Like talk to me, like actually open up to me. It's fine. It's okay. Because a lot of times they'll just think that they can't speak to anybody. Right. Um, but there's something crazy about when you finally speak to somebody and speak the truth about how you've been feeling, where it's like this huge weight is lifted off your shoulder. It's a, it's, it's also a scientifically proven thing. Right. So if you can just like speak to somebody, that's great. So for me personally, if I'm, trying to help someone take action to get in a better situation. Uh, I, I do pull them aside and I'll, I'll try and talk to them, whether it's very casually where it's like, you know, not awkward for them. I'm not kind of like forcing them to talk. Like it's just very easy. And the reason I do it is because 
that's what worked for me. You know what I mean? Like that helped for me. And uh, when you've been through it, you kind of want to be able to help some other people through it. So yeah, I guess that's my situation. Yeah. I love it. I think it's just, uh, man, people just want to be loved and accepted. Heard. You know what I mean? Yeah. They want like, they just want, some people are so lonely. Some people don't have a best friend that they can just, I have a, I got a buddy who I call up every single day. We talk about nonsense every single day. Well, FaceTime, he doesn't, he doesn't even live here. We just talk every day about absolutely anything. And it's like, it's like weights lift off my shoulder every day. You know what I mean? Like some annoyed me to talk, talk to him about it. And, you know, I've got my girlfriend too. And we talk about certain things, but I talk with other things about him with him. And like, it's just, it's so easy to be able to uh, get all those things off your shoulder. Right. Um, and, and some people just don't have that. And so sometimes you just need to be that, per, be that for that person, you know, in that moment and uh, maybe constantly, but uh, it doesn't hurt just to do it once too, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think you just answered, but I'm going to ask the question anyway, just so I give you a chance to add if you want to add to it. So in Atomic Habits, for this, keep in mind a person who has a really fixed mindset, they're not willing to accept help, they're not willing to accept change. Keep that person in mind. In Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about the four laws of changing your behavior. And the laws are to make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. With that context in mind, and the avatar I just told you to kind of keep in your head, how can we you and I create an environment that makes it more obvious, more attractive, more easy, and more satisfying for that person to make the choice that will change their life. So I think you just answered it, but if you have anything else to add, feel free. So I don't think me having a simple conversation or asking somebody a simple question is going to change their lives, change their life. I I don't, it might be, a little bit of help in the moment. Uh, and the reason I say this is because uh, I've had two things happen. I've had, you know, people just kind of ask me how I'm doing, right? Like I, like I was mentioning very nicely and easily. And I've also been to events like a Tony Robbins event where it is designed to break your brain down and reset it. And it is done in a st- uh, strategic, once again, scientific way that literally reshapes the way you think and allows you to then make the changes in your life that you need to make. So what I'm trying to say here is if I were to, you're saying create an environment or something that allow people to make a change, I would do everything I could to get that person to an event like that, because that's the event. That's the thing that is going to change it for them. I, if I had to pay for them, if I had to, uh, go with them, whatever it was, if I had to set it up for them, right? That's the thing that I would do. And the reason I say it is because Tony Robbins get, gets a lot of shit. But if you've been to one of his conferences, you cannot deny the reality of what it's like to go through one of those events. And so and you, it's one of those things where you only know once you've done it, you know, you know, when you know, or whatever it is, right? So what I'm trying to say is you can shit on them all you want, but go through one of those events and you will like be changed forever. I promise you, it happened to me. It's happened to so many people that I know. And so I would do my best to get that person in front of the professional, the guy who really knows what he's doing and has, has built his entire life around helping people take action and change. And so that, that's really what I would be 100% focused on. And really like I've, I've actually tried to do it a couple of times where I knew somebody was in a really bad situation. I was like, you got to go to this event. I'm like, I'll pay for it. I'm like, I'll do it. Like, you just got to be, you got to be there. And they're like, no, it's fine. And like, they figured out something else. But anyways, that's, that's 100% what I would recommend. 
Mm, I love it. <laughs> yeah, man. Ooh, I love Tony Robbins too. He's a. I don't. Why does he get a lot of crap? Because because from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, he's just a bullshitter selling the course. And he's trying to make a bunch of money, right? But then you like you, you when you when you just look at him on the surface level, it just seems superficial. It seems like he's trying to make a buck. He seems like he's trying to prey on the weak. Like that's how it kind of comes across. Um, if you're just watching a couple of videos or if you're, you're just like hearing about him from other people or hearing that he's a life coach and, and you know, the issue is that there's so many shitty life coaches out there. Right. And, and then, but that, but there's also Tony Robbins, right. But there's also Tony Robbins meeting him in person, one-on-one, not going to do too much. Tony Robbins creating an event that he's mastered over 30 years, that it's, that's about a 60 hour event where you're sitting and immersing in this experience. That's, that's different than watching a YouTube video or just meeting somebody in person. Cause that's literally designed to help you out of a rut and take action and, and, and help you understand yourself and get through the things that you're working on. And like, it's, it's, it's designed to do it. <laughs> so that's the thing that you should be focused on or, or try doing. And if you've never done it yourself, like do it without a doubt. It's one of the cheapest things that will be the most beneficial, beneficial things in your throughout your entire life. So, I love it. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome, John, that's all we have for you. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Uh, all I'll say is if anyone's, you know, we, we barely talked about Airbnb, which is totally fine with me because I talk about it all the time. And so this is kind of, this, this has been a fun philosophical conversation. Um, what I would say is if you are looking to get into the Airbnb space, pay attention to the data. I've got two free courses on YouTube for free, go through them. And if you, if you want, reach out to me, we can hop on a call and I'll walk you through what you're trying to do. I do offer reports. I do offer consulting. Um, it's, you know, what I'm doing, what I do for a living. And so you can reach out to me through email. My email is hello at pointanalytics.co. Um, you can find me on YouTube at John Bianchi and you can find me on TikTok at, uh, the Airbnb data guy. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, there yeah, you man. go. If you guys are listening to this and you loved what John had to say, you got some friends who are interested in the short-term rental space, or you are yourself, make sure to go check out his courses all the links to connect with him, to follow him, to see his content um, will be in the show notes. So check that out. Send it to people you know who are interested in the space. As we always ask, send this podcast over to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes if you liked the show. And on that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.